0: that there's all these signals bouncing all around the world all around this room even that we don't even see. We know they're there but we live as life as if the life that we see and touch and experience day in day out is all that's real. But there's a reality beyond what you actually see that's right here and it's all around us. Some of it's kind of spooky in a way. I mean you think about but even with even with light. I mean you think about the light that's in this room. I mean we look up don't look up because they're too bright but if you look up into one of those lights you see the light and then you see the effect of the light because it illuminates, but you don't see the whole light wave unless you're maybe at a concert or something and they've got kind of smoke and mirrors and that kind of stuff. And then you can see the light as it's projected down, right? But that light is there. It's all around you. You just don't see it. You see, you see the effect of it and you see sometimes the where it originates, but you don't actually see it. I mean, you think about even, I know we all, maybe probably in science class at one time, played with a prism. You know how the light hits the prism and then it breaks up into the colors of the rainbow? Remember remember how you how the colors, what order they're in? Remember that Roy G. Biv, you know, the red, orange? Remember that, yellow? Remember all that? And so if you look at a prism, it's, it's fascinating to think that that white light is there, but all the colors are there. You just don't see them. We aren't picking those up unless they're reflected off something that we're... Uh, seeing or else it goes through a prism like that. It's just weird how that happens. Or I love this too. God created even for us natural prisms, right? So we see that light that's all refracted off of the mist, you know, after a rain and you see the rainbow and we know, I mean, God put that in there for us to remember he would never flood the earth again. And you you look at that and it's amazing to think that light was always there. You just couldn't see it this way till it shone through those, those water droplets. Then you got to see it in all that beauty and all that brilliance. Kind of weird, though, to think about, isn't it? Kind of makes you question what we really think we know about what is real. Because most of the time we operate and act like what is real is just what I can touch or what I can see all the time. And yet, that light, those light rays are going through the, the, the earth and the world all the time. How many of you have a cell phone here? Well, let me ask a question the other way. Who doesn't have one? I mean, that might be just fewer people. Nobody raised their hand. Man, their life has changed, isn't it? In just a short amount of time, I mean, it seems the younger you are, the shorter that time or the longer that time seems. But as you know, as you get older, you realize, oh my goodness, there was a time when the phone was attached to the wall and that was it. I don't think anybody probably in this room is there before the phone, but... But every one of you have a cell phone. Do you realize that, that if it is on, it's sending and receiving signals all the time? There are actually microwaves going between you and cell towers, and it is pinging back and forth constantly. And then you multiply that across everybody in this room. There's all those signals going around, but you don't see them. But they're there. They're there, and they're real. And if you were to look at your phone, there's times where you go into some place, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have any signal here. And we're all upset and amazed. But most of the time, it's, it's, it's bouncing everywhere. How many of you have uh, the GPS enabled on your phone all the time? few of you. Do you realize that there's satellites up, up in space that, you know, government has put up there, and obviously private enterprise has put up there, and those satellites, the way it works is it looks down at our little phones, and they, they triangulate, so you use a you know, minimum of three, but sometimes way more than that, and it gives you a signal and tells you where you are. But here's what I want you to realize. Those signals are bouncing back and forth all the time. And you can't see them. But they're there. So let me ask you, are they real? Well, of course they're real. But you can't see them. You don't perceive it day in, day out. And you're not constantly aware of the fact that they're there. But they're there. And it's always there. <laughs> I mean, the same is true of of so many things. And I, I put this picture up here and, um it's weird if, if you could only see all the things that are bouncing around us, all the different things like the gamma rays, the electromagnetic waves, the ultraviolet light, the, the Wi-Fi signals, TV signals, radio emissions from space, infrared from the sun. If it was possible that you could tune to yourself to the right frequency, this is what most of those look like, but you never see them. We don't even think about them because we don't see them. We don't think about them as as real. I imagine that if, if we could actually see all those things that are bouncing around us all the time, we probably wouldn't be able to see the physical things that we need to see just because we'd be so focused on those. The thing is, though, we live as if all there is is what we perceive with our natural eyes and our senses. And there's an entire universe and a world out there that we don't perceive on a daily basis and we don't perceive moment to moment that is just as real and affects us in many, many ways, but you don't see it and it's always there. It's always there, always there. It's interesting how that works because with all those different devices, let's think for a minute about radio waves. Do you think about how the radio works? Anybody old enough to have built a crystal radio like me? A few of us how many of you remember the radios that you actually dialed? Okay. Well, just so you think about this, there's all those radio waves that are bouncing from a radio station somewhere around us, and they come in at different frequencies. You're aware of that, right? So not only are there radio waves, but there's lots of them, hundreds of them, and you can't hear them or see them or feel them because you're not tuned into the right frequency. But... If, for instance, you were to turn to um, 88.1, what is that? That's one of the Christian stations. We have three Christian radio stations here. It's amazing. It's amazing me to think about, but we have three. But if you were to tune to 88.1, all of a sudden, you would be able to hear one of those stations. Or pick any dial on the radio that you, that you like, any station that you listen to on a regular basis. I mean, it could be the 97.3, the K-Love, or whatever. Or if, if you're an AM listener, it doesn't matter. My point is that until you tune it to the right frequency, even though it's always there, you don't perceive it. You don't hear it. You don't feel it. You don't even think about it being there. And they're everywhere. Everywhere. But what happens? When you tune it to 97.3, let's say, when you tune it to 97.3, maybe you're in your car, that all of a sudden, now you perceive it. And what happens is that signal now gets interpreted and sent through the speakers in your car and turned into a different kind of wave, a sound wave now. And now that sound wave, which again, you do not see, but you hear it, and sometimes you can even feel it, right? I mean, you've probably been to a concert or maybe in a car, maybe you've just been driving in someone else's car next to you, and you can feel that thump, 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 and you're like, what in the world? How in the world can they even hear anything in that car? Because it's going so loud, and their car is not even right next to you, and yet you can hear that thump. And what is that? That's a radio signal that got transferred into or transmitted and changed into a sound wave that their speaker is generating, and it's literally waving through space, and you are feeling it. We used to, there was a deaf church that we used to do some things with when I was in Southern California. And um, most of the people in the church were deaf or related to somebody there who was deaf. And you know what they would do? For church service, they would all have a small balloon they would hold because they could feel the sound waves better and they could participate in worship and feel the crescendos and, and feel the modulations and the changes in the songs better because that balloon would pick up those sound waves better. I remember the first time we did a joint uh, deal. They, it was a minister's meeting, and they had their worship team come and play, and it was just amazing. It's people who cannot hear like you and me. They could still communicate and play music. Now, they didn't sing. They had a hearing person sing, but they, they did the music, and then everybody in the crowd, they gave us all a balloon. You know, it was weird because I was I was actually hearing and feeling the music more like that than I had with, without that before. I remember walking out of there and thinking, that's how it always sounds. I just can't hear it that way. I don't experience it that way, even though it's real and it's always there. Always there. And it's always around us, but we don't feel it or, or sense it or, or it's just not the same with us. You know what it is? You're just not tuned into them in such a way as to hear them. They're there, but you're not tuned into them in such a way as to hear them. The thing about that is, is the same is true with God in so many different ways. But the way that we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks is about blessing. And I want us to reorient the way we think about God's blessing, and we're going to start right in the beginning of the book of the, in the book of the Bible in Genesis, and we're going to walk our way through that. But I want you to think about it in a different way, and I want, to, I want to put something out there for you to really contemplate over these next few weeks, and I want you to chew on it. I want you to think about it over and over and over. What is blessing after all? Is blessing something we deserve? By definition, No. I mean, if it's something you deserve, you just say, well, thank you. I appreciate you giving me what I already deserved, right? When you get your paycheck, do you say, wow, what a blessing? You might bless God for the job, and, there, and I mean, you could be grateful and all that, but I'm just saying, you work the hours, you're owed the money, right? So when we talk about God's blessing, most of us, I think, if we're honest about it, we would look at it and say, he doesn't really owe me anything. So everything he gives you is a blessing. And by definition, a blessing is something we don't, just don't deserve. And then when you look around, uh, the fact is that a lot of times we don't even sense or perceive what he's doing, and he's doing it over and over and over, and all the time, he is literally blessing 24-7 constantly. And we don't perceive it that way. Think of it like this. I thought of this the other day, and I'm not, this has nothing to do with my children per se. I'm just saying that, that maybe they're not even to that age yet, But do you remember how it was when you first got out on your own? Do you remember? All the things that your parents did for you that you didn't realize. I mean, you may have known. I mean, in in a way, I understood what taxes were. But when I had to pay them, it was different. I've said this before, but who is FICA again? And why does he get my money? Right? And when you have to pay an insurance bill, and you think about it, and, and some of you probably raise your kids like we do. I mean, they pay part of that, but they don't pay all of it, and they don't pay every one of those things. And when you have to pay rent or mortgage, and you have to, do, you have to actually go shopping and buy all the food, not, you're not just going shopping with mom or dad and saying, hey, I'd like this, or I'd like that. I mean, you literally have to plan a budget and, and actually feed yourself. And you realize, wait, if I don't pay the light bill, I don't have lights, right? And gas. And there's all these things that we, as parents, do for our children. And you want to raise them to be responsible and teach them those responsibilities as they grow. But it's nowhere near the same as when you move out and you're like, wow, I have to do all these things. I think blessings from God are like that. Because if we were constantly aware, kind of like those radio signals and the light and all those other things, if you were seeing every minute of the day all the things that he provides for you, and all the ways he's protected you that you didn't even realize and the blessings that he's given you that you didn't even perceive as was from him, I think it would change everything that we do. I think, I think it would change our whole atmosphere and the way that we respond. We would walk around with incredible gratitude. I don't know how many of you have done this. I didn't do this and I probably should do this after saying this because my mom will listen to this. I should call my mom and say, mom, thanks. For all those things that I didn't realize you were doing for me that now as an adult I realize because I'm doing them for my children and I don't know how much they realize. And we as Christians, we as human beings that are Christians and realize that God does those things, I think what happens is we may not realize them because we may not be tuned into Him in such a way as to hear Him. Do you realize this? Maybe you don't, but there's some people that seem to be blessed more than others. Have you noticed that? Why is that? I have, a, I have an idea. My idea is that perhaps what is happening in some cases is that those people have realized what God is doing and he blesses what he's doing. So because of that, they get involved in what God is doing. And if you align yourself with God's plan and purpose, then blessing was part of what happens there. Because he has got a plan for this place, for this universe. We need to find out what God is blessing and get involved with that. A mistake we make all the time is we go to God and we, said, we say, hey, God, here's what I'm planning. Will you bless it? It becomes so selfish, so, so personal, so, so man-based And rather than seeing what God is doing and trying to align what we are doing with what he is already doing, we want him to change everything to fit us. We say, God, here's here's my plan. Can you just bless it? It's crazy sometimes. I mean, we treat him like, like he's some genie or something, and we just want him to sprinkle some dust on it and make everything that we've already worked out work. Rather than looking at it and saying, hold on, there's a God of the universe who's constantly blessing. He's constantly moving in everything and everywhere, and I'm not perceiving it because I'm not tuned into him, why don't I take a step back, see what he's doing in the world, and line myself up with that? Man, I, I struggle sometimes with this because I think I know what's best. Anybody? Anybody else? Like, God, if you would just do it my way, It worked out really good. Don't you see, God, if you do this, this, and this, then this person over here, they would right away, they would see you real, and they would change everything, and they would follow you. (laughs) I feel so silly even saying that. Who do you think wants them to follow him more than he? Nobody. He loves them more than I do. He cares about your children more than you do. He cares about your neighbor, your relatives, those who don't know him. He is wanting to bless them. This is something too that I've noticed that there's a, th- a blessing, there's a theme of blessing all through the Bible. I want us to start, we're gonna go all the way back to Genesis, and um, um, let, me, let me just say it this way. If you want God's blessing, then you must align yourself with God's plan, purpose, and program in the world. He, he's not a God who just got surprised by how things went. It's not like he set it all up, walked away, and then he came back and he's like, man, what happened here? That's not it. He is working a plan all the way through. We're going to take a look at a plan that happened, that started really 4,000 years ago. Something that he has planned for us as a church, for us as a people, for us as Christians throughout the entire world, from Jordan to, to Lee Summit, Missouri. Everyone, we have to align ourselves with his plan. This goes all the way back to the city named Ur of the, of the Chaldeans, located in southern Mesopotamia, the modern-day Iraq. There's a prosperous, I wrote down here, middle-aged man, and then I was reminded, wait a minute, middle-aged? He was 75. So then I got to looking, well, he died at 175, so I guess for him, that was middle-aged, but he was already prosperous. I want you to see this. He didn't need blessing like we think of blessing so many times. You know, I talk to people, and and, um, there's this phrase I used to hear a lot where I say, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm blessed. I said, oh, that's cool. How are you blessed? And they would start telling me some of the the nice thing they had or or got it done. And and that is blessing, no question about it. But he already had that. I just want you to understand. He was already wealthy, actually. And his, his name is Abraham, but in this part of the scripture, he's called Abram, and later God changes his name. So I don't want that to be confusing. And then it mentions his wife, Sarai, who later God changes to Sarah. But he, he, he already had a lot of things going on. And, and what the Bible says here, let's take a look. It says, the Lord said to Abraham. I want to stop right there for a second because it doesn't tell us how God spoke to Abram. It doesn't say that. I kind of wish it did because, you know, later we see Moses in the burning bush and there's times where we hear about an angel. And you know what, though? Maybe it's good he didn't say. Because anybody here seen a burning bush? I mean, I know you guys have burned burn stuff. I don't mean that. I mean, the bush that Moses saw, it was on fire, but it wasn't consumed, so it caught his eye. I've never seen anything like that. To my knowledge, I don't know that I've ever seen an angel, I mean, at least not one that appeared in my room or my, my bed or, or any of the stories like you see in Scripture. I haven't seen that. I haven't heard a voice. I've never heard an audible voice where I'm like, whoa, 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 God, is that you, God? I've never had that. So I think in a way it's good we didn't see this because God does speak and he's always speaking, kind of like those radio waves. He actually is always communicating to us. It's just we're not tuned in to hear it. And he communicates in so many different ways. He communicates when we pray. I mean, so many times we go to prayer and it's supposed to be a conversation, us to him and him back to us and us to him and him back to us. But most of the time it ends up being a dialogue. It's just us telling him. God, I need you to do this and this and this and this and I'm not happy about that and I wish this was better and wish and thank you for that. And we never stop and listen. So many times he's speaking to us even through his word and as you open his word, there's things that he will illuminate that are different than what you read before. Or maybe it's a passage you read over and over and over and all of a sudden something stands out It's him speaking. Maybe for, for you like me, there's sometimes where something is going on and I just feel this impression or it's not a voice really, but it's just like, man, I think I should do this. I have a thought that I never thought before, or at least a thought that I don't think I could have thought on my own. Does that make sense? (laughs) My thoughts aren't very impressive. Let's just put it that way. So a lot of times when I have an impressive thought, I'm like, hmm, that must be from God, (laughs) because I didn't think of that. That wasn't me. He speaks, and I'm kind of glad he didn't tell us how he spoke to Abram, because this is a big deal. This is a really big one. When he speaks to Abram here, it's huge. And look what he says. Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Let's stop right there. He is telling Abram, and this time, 4,000 years ago, to leave everything. That's hard to imagine. Because back then, I mean, culture was everything. Your family was everything. Your family was your protection There was no U.S. government. There was no State Department. There was no travel advisories. There was no passports, none of that. The fact is, when you launched out and left where you were, you were unknown and you were vulnerable. And he was asking him to do that. And he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. And he finishes by saying, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families on earth. This is huge. This is huge. As we read that, I think about this. I wonder, God, you are asking him to leave everything, but you promised him a lot. Let's look at what he promised him. I will lead him to a new land. God will lead him to a new land. He's gonna make him a great nation and he will bless the entire world through him. It's pretty amazing. It's incredible, Really? I want us to catch something in there, something that it's easy to gloss over. I'm going to go back to that verse. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Look at at what it said at the end here. And you will be a blessing to others. You know what I think? He was blessed to be a blessing. How many of you think about that with your blessings? It's hard to think of it like that, isn't it? Because most of us, when we're blessed with something we get or something happens, we think, yeah, thank you. I've hit the pay dirt, right? How often do we think, what if God is blessing me to bless somebody else? Now, you know what? You, many of you are incredible blessings. And I'm not talking about finances necessarily. I know that's what you always think about. That's what we think about. And we're supposed to talk about that in church all the time, right? <laughs> At least someone was honest. They said, no, please don't. But the fact is you bless people constantly. Do you ever think about that? Just because what God has done in you and the way he has changed your life and made you, you are blessing people probably without even realizing it. And it's it's amazing. He was blessed to bless. But his descendants, I think, forgot about that. And as we race through the scriptures, if you trace through his lineage, you would see that he had a son named Isaac. Then there was Jacob. Then the 12 tribes. And then eventually kings. Then the kingdom split, and they were taken into captivity, first in Assyria, then into Babylon. And then they came back to the promised land. Moses brought them back earlier than that. And anyway, we get to Malachi. 400 years later, Jesus is born. And we look at what he's done. But even then, I think they forgot that they were blessed to be a blessing. And if you look at that promise, how did they bless the nations? Where was the blessing? Well, certainly with Jesus coming, that was a blessing to all of us, all of humanity and the nations themselves. What I want us to do is really quick. I just want us to pick up here in the book of Matthew. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. Right away, Matthew is tying Jesus to this, this idea of Abraham and the blessing. And then in Luke, it says, he has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor, Abraham. Part of that covenant was to be a blessing. And then in the scriptures, it's, it's a great story as they come to dedicate Jesus, this, this really old guy, he's, he's Simeon, he takes the baby Jesus in his arms. God had promised him that he would not die until he saw the Savior. And he holds Jesus in his arms and hears what he says. He is a light to reveal God to the Jews. No, the nations. He's the glory of the people of Israel. Yeah, we'll give him that. But he is to reveal God to the nations. I don't know if you're seeing this yet, but God's plan was always to reach the nations. Always, always, always. And then skipping a little bit ahead, Jesus dies and he's resurrected. And then just under two months later, the very the very new church peter and john are walking into the temple and this guy has been crippled forever and he is healed and there's this huge crowd that that gathers and peter looks and he sees an opportunity to preach i want you to look at what is in his sermon he says to them you are the children of the prophets and you are included in the covenant god promised to your ancestors for god said to abraham through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. That's a direct quote from Genesis. Peter is preaching a sermon, and he chooses to quote right out of Genesis. And what he's telling them is that Jesus is this blessing, and that the idea is that God has intended from all eternity to use this, the, the people of Israel, then the church, to be a blessing to all of humanity all of humanity. That's that's an amazing thing. It just gives me chills to think about. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. It's God's plan, purpose, and program in the world to bless you to be a blessing. They understood it. They got it. Our God is a God of redemption. That's what his heart is. His heart is to take those who have walked away from him and to restore them to new life. And it's always been his heart. From the very beginning, it's what he intended to do. That's who he is. Paul said it like this, talking about Jesus. He said, he said this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. And then Jesus even said it like this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy but my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life it's amazing i would love it if the, if the worship team could join me up here his plan and his purpose first of all is redemption for him to, to take people who have wandered away and restore them to relationship with him there's nothing more important than that to him he wants you and a relationship with you more than anything else and that was his effort through all of history. I mean, starting with Abraham, and he said, you are supposed to bless the nations. And then he goes through with the people of Israel, and he tells them, you are to help people know about me and draw them to me. Then he sends his own son, Jesus, to do exactly that. But it doesn't end there. The next thing is, his idea is that we are blessed to be a blessing, that now it's our responsibility and privilege to help people know that. You know where it all starts, though? It starts with recognizing that you can actually tune in to this God, that just like he spoke to Abraham and then all those other people we mentioned, that he chooses and wants to speak to you. And as I was mentioning it a minute ago about how he speaks, maybe you've been sitting there and thinking, I don't think he speaks to me. I want to challenge you with this. Maybe you're just not tuned in right. The fact is, you can tune him in. You can... You can make it so that you can hear him more clearly. And it starts with giving your life to him and committing yourself to him. And then day by day, you make a choice to commit to him a little bit more. But I want to challenge you with this. Do you realize you can tune him out too? You ever done that before? You ever tuned him out or tuned somebody out? You know, as you're talking to somebody and they're going on and on and, and all of a sudden you've realized, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> And you're trying to look and you're trying to figure out what it is by context. And I feel so bad when I do that. But you can tune him out too. There's a really interesting scripture. We started with that chapter 12, verse 1. But if you just go two verses before that in chapter 11, there's really an interesting twist there. I want us to take a look at this. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, son's Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and he moved away from Ur the Chaldeans. Look at this. He was headed for the land of Canaan. What what is that? That's the promised land. That's where he was headed. But they stopped at Haran and settled there. And Terah lived for another 205 years and died while still in Haran. It doesn't say here that God called him to go there. It doesn't say that God called him and he tuned him out. But I wonder if he did. I wonder if, I wonder if in God's plan originally it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Abram's father and not Abram. And if you think about it, Abram lived till seventy five before he heard God's call and left there and went to the land of Canaan. Here's what I think. I think God is always calling us, but sometimes we're just not tuned in. And maybe like, maybe like uh, Taryn, we we decide. To wait and just we settle for what we're doing now and we don't get all God has for us because we settle where we are I I don't know about you I I don't want to live like that I don't know he was headed for the promised land but he settled I'm going to ask you a couple questions and I just want you to let God speak to you for a minute because he does speak could you shut your eyes just for a second And I ask you to do that because it gives us the sense of privacy in a room full of people. And Here's what I'm wondering. Is there anybody here that you would just say, I need to hear him more clearly. I need to tune in better. Anybody here would say that? There's some hands that went up really quick. And I appreciate God speaking to your heart that way. You can put those down. Let me ask another question. Maybe you're sitting here today and... You've you've actually never followed Christ, at least not 100%. And as you're hearing this today and you're thinking about, wait a minute, there's a God who who loves me that much, who actually wants a relationship with me? I'm here to tell you today, yes, that's true. And we've all sinned. We've all done things that are wrong. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, you all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the truth is, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you are willing to say, I'm sorry for the sins that I've done wrong, the things that I've done that have separated me from God. If you're willing to tell him, I want to follow you today and I want to hear from you and I want to align my life with your plan and purpose. If you would like to do that today, it's a simple thing, really. If you would like to do that today, we would just want to pray with you as a group. Well, I'll pray with you that God would change your life today. Anybody here want to do that for the first time today? Anybody at all? If you just raise your hand, we'll pray with you today. Anybody at all? One last question for you this morning, and that is this. Maybe as we've been talking about you're blessed to be a blessing, maybe as we were talking about that, the Holy Spirit started to impress on you, and maybe God started to speak to you and say something to you about that. Maybe he was saying something to you about, I have blessed you, and you've kind of been keeping it all to yourself. And maybe God is saying to you, you need to be a blessing to the people you work with or to the people around you. And what I'm talking about specifically right now is you need to share that blessing that you experience and know as knowing the Savior. And you know him. That's the blessing. That's the biggest and most important blessing there is that he wants people to know who he is and you can help bless them. Anybody like that here today, you raise your hand and you know that you need to be a blessing? Again, I appreciate those of you raising your hands today. Would you stand? Or no, yeah, stand with me, I'm sorry. Would you stand with me? As a worship team leads us in a song, I just want a chance to pray with you. If you have need of anything, if you would like prayer for any one of these things that we've prayed for, worship team's going to lead us in a song and then what's going to happen is Pastor Jeremy's going to come up and dismiss us. But if you would like prayer for anything that we have mentioned today, I'd just invite you to come down to the front. I'd like our pastors and their wives and board and wives, if you would join us up here so that we could pray with you. We'd love to do that.